I have to be honest, when I started my nonprofit, measurement and evaluation was the last thing on my mind. I was so excited about getting this thing up and running, getting people rallied around a cause that I just didn't even think about measurement. I didn't even know why that was important until funders and donors started to ask me about what's my impact. So I say that I am developing life skills in foster and adopted youth, but are you doing that, Rebecca? How are you tracking that? And I was like, that's a fair question. And I have a lot of anecdotal evidence, right? A lot of people that say, oh, my kid's doing better, but I didn't have any quantitative data, anything to say, yes, you know, 93% of the kids that go through this program have developed life skills. And that's what people want to see. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to quantify my impact. So that made me pursue my master's degree in program evaluation. And now I can't look at anything without applying an evaluation lens. And you can evaluate anything, your processes, your policies, your programs. But a lot of people have a hard time evaluating their programs. So what I wanna do is break down what evaluation is and how you can do it simply and easily and you can start today and you'll thank yourself later when you've collected data and you're able to act actually demonstrate your true impact of your programs and services and then get more people wanting to fund your cause and get involved with your cause because they know it's impactful all right let's talk about it Welcome to episode 14 of the Harvesting Results Show where I help you serve others by offering you tools, resources, and advice so that you can nurture those roots to harvest the fruits of all your hard work and dedication to your unique cause. I'm Rebecca Britt and today we are talking about my favorite thing which is program evaluation because none of this work matters. None of it matters if we can't show why it matters or how it matters. So let's talk about that today. So if you haven't already snagged your free master's class, head on over to katulo.com startup. And I tell you the top three mistakes that nonprofit startups make. I hope you don't make those mistakes. You can snag that. That's my gift to you. Now, one of the mistakes that I made was not prioritizing measurement and evaluation. Now that's not in the master's class, so don't worry, I'm not spoiling anything, but this is an additional mistake I made. I made a lot. I couldn't just boil it down to three. One of the mistakes was not thinking about evaluation and like determining the value of my programs. And that's what evaluation is. Evaluation is literally determining if something is valuable or what is its value. And as much as you know it in your heart and the people you serve know that it's valuable, people externally need to just know like how valuable is it? You need to have a quantifiable number on how valuable your services are. So the first way to get there is to figure out what are you saying that you do? What are you saying that your program and services offer? You can break this down by program. What's your goal? Do you um, get people jobs? Do you make sure that people feel um, purposeful in their role in the world? Like whatever you're trying to achieve, that's what you're going to measure. So we can break that down. And so many nonprofits are good at measuring how much they do, right? So how many nonprofits, and I know this could be you, you go to their website and it says, we answer you know, 200,000 support calls each year, 
or we deliver X number of materials, or we offer X number of beds to homeless people, or we give out 46,502 bowls of soup. Cool, it's a lot, but why do I care? Why do I care? What do bowls of soup do? You could just be handing bowls of soup out and you're just racking up the numbers. Woo, look at how many bowls of soup we're giving out. But like, I wanna know what does soup do for someone? And if you can articulate that a bowl of soup allows someone to feel nourished, it allows them to not have to focus on their basic needs, it allows them to do things like think about getting a job or think about getting housing because they're not having to think about where they're gonna get food, and then you can measure how well it does that for people. Oh, well now I'm interested in your bowls of soup. Now I get why your bowls of soup matter. So how are you going to measure not just how much you're doing, but you wanna measure how well you're doing it because this helps you understand if you need improvement in service delivery. And then is anybody better off because of it? This might look like, let me give you an example. This might look like support emails. Say that you get a support emails coming in. People have a condition or they're afflicted by something and they email you about some support. Hey, I need support. You're gonna track how many support emails come in. So this is your how much number that everybody does well, right? We had 5,000 people email us for support. Okay. Now you need a how well did you actually respond to those? So a how well measure could be percent of those that came in that you actually responded to. So maybe you don't respond to all your support emails. I hope that's not the case, but maybe it's just impossible for you to respond to them all. So you want an 80% response rate. Or another how well measure, if you already know that you respond to 100% of them, is how many you responded to within 24 hours. So this is just like tracking, making sure that you are upholding quality of your service, that you don't just have 100% because you could have 100% response rate, but does that tell us anything if you're responding to people two months later, way after their crisis has happened? No. So maybe the better indicator of how well you're doing something is how many you respond to within 24 hours. So hopefully that rate is pretty high. You know, you're gonna aim for 95% of them being responded to within 24 hours. Then finally, you wanna measure that is, is anybody better off? So this measure might be percent of those people that sent a support email that feels like you actually helped them navigate their journey through their crisis. Whatever their crisis was, you helped them. Your organization helped them. So that is the what you are measuring. You are going to measure how much, so that's the units of service or how many times or how many pieces of something you gave out or the individual units. Then you're going to do how well, how well did you do it? So this could be response time, this could be percent that you actually responded to, okay? And then you want to figure out is anybody better off? So this is percent of people that actually developed life skills, this is percent of people that actually got jobs, percent of people that report that you made them feel better or that you helped, your organization helped, okay? So those are your indicators. And you wanna set targets for these. So don't just track it, actually say, we would like to say that we have 95% rate 
or that 50% say that we actually helped them, whatever, set a target for it. All right, so now you need to know how do you measure these things because now you've defined your indicators and what you want to measure, but how do you actually do it? You need a process for each one of these indicators. So this can be as easy, easy as a Google Sheet. This is the free way to do it. So let's say you we wanna keep going with the support email example. Every time an email comes in, well, what happens? You might just respond and then move on and then you're not tracking at all. So now you need a process. Maybe you're going to go into a Google sheet and you're going to put down the person's name, the date they reached out. Maybe you want to know the topic of what they reached out because if you're finding some trends in the topics, you could make more content related to those topics. Maybe you want to know how quickly did you respond? So maybe there's a drop down in the Google sheet that says within 24 hours, 48 hours, less than a week, more than a week. Okay. So then you can easily pull at any time how many support calls were responded to within 24 hours. And maybe you want to put the actual email, the content of the email in that Google sheet, however you want to do it to track it. But if you do it the way that I just said, now you already have how many, right? Because you can just run a record count of how many there was. And at any point you can say, looks like we're up to 25 support emails already this year or 2,500 support emails already this year. If you're getting that many, you probably want a more sophisticated But you can system. also pull how many were responded to within 24 hours or whatever else you're tracking to do how well. You can do it right in that sheet. So. It's a little bit of added work, but you are capturing what matters and things that you can demonstrate. Okay. And then finally, if you're doing the, is anybody better off? Maybe you want to send a survey to people within a month of them reaching out to you. And that survey is going to ask them, did we help? Just want to know if we helped. And if you have any type of sophisticated system, you can usually set up like automated emails to go out. But if not, it will be a manual process. You just, you know, put in a trigger for yourself to make sure that you send out an email to that person. And then in the Google sheet, you can actually write next to that, next to that support email. Yep. I did send an email to them to follow up. And then if they report that, yes, you helped them, then you can put another check mark next to it. Yes, we did help them. And then you can do a record count of how many people said that you actually helped. And if it ends up being 80 out of hundred, 80% of people say that your organization navigated them through something that they were dealing with. And so you're doing really good on support. Of course, you can get more sophisticated systems. If you have a CRM or a client relations manager, you can literally make a support form in that client relation manager. You can usually set up tasks that remind you to follow up. You can usually set up automated emails to go out. You can hold any contact notes in there. So check out what your CRM can do and make sure that you're using it to track all of these things. Um, and usually that is way easier than a Google sheet, but depending on the size of your organization, you might be at the point of a Google sheet and that is fine. Do whatever works for you, but make sure you are tracking it. Okay. So now you have how much, how well, and is anybody better off? And you do this for all of your programs, figure out three indicators and figure out how you're tracking those indicators. 
then you get to utilize it. So now it's the end of the year and you go to your Google sheet and sweet, you don't have to go back and look through all your emails and try and figure it all out. No, you have, looks like you had a hundred support calls. Okay. And now you're just going to run a report and you can do this through filters and Google sheets and you can YouTube how to pull out a formula of how many said that they were responded to within 24 hours. As long as that was one of the things you were tracking. Oh my goodness, it looks like 96% were responded to within 24 hours. Okay, that's awesome. And now, oh my gosh, look at how many people did the follow-up survey and 80% said that we were helpful in navigating their path forward. So I do wanna say something about surveys. You're not going to expect a response from everyone. So say you had 100 people and you, and maybe your survey is literally you emailed, Hey, just following up to see how you were doing. And I wanted to know, were we helpful, um, during, you know, were we helpful? We want to make sure we're as helpful as possible. Were we helpful? And maybe their email response back is a survey. You don't need big survey, uh, software. You can just say, Hey, were we helpful? And if they respond back, yes, there's your answer. And you can put it in your Google sheet. Okay. So now you have a percent that says that you actually help them. So they are better off because of your organization and you can claim that. Now, if you send out emails, follow-up emails to hundred people, not everybody's going to respond. And that doesn't mean that you weren't helpful. It just means that you didn't get a response. So what I like to do is to define a target response rate. So out of hundred, you would like 70% to respond and out of the 70%, you would like 90% to say that you actually helped them. And when you report this out, you say 90% of people who responded to our follow-up said that our service was helpful. That's how you report honestly. So it's not 90% of people that came in contact with you, but it's 90% of people who responded to your follow-up. And you just articulate that when you're reporting it so that you can make sure that your numbers are transparent and honest. But so now you're going to use this. Now you get to go on your website and under the specific service support calls, you get to say in big, bold numbers, you know, 90% of people that reach out to us for support say that we navigated, help them navigate their path forward or 90% of people that reached out to us were responded back to within 24 hours. Not only does this show like, shoot, they're really good at what they do. It also shows, okay, they measure what they do. And if I'm somebody coming on because I'm having a problem and I want to reach out to you for support. And I see that 90% of people are responded to within 24 hours. I am much more likely to fill out the form for support, knowing that somebody is going to be responsive. So it just helps. It helps people get donors. It helps you get more people that want to volunteer because they're like, man, they really know their numbers. They're actually making an impact, but it even helps other people that need your services come because they believe that your services happen and matter and that you do what you say you're going to do. So, Demonstrating impact is good for everyone and it really makes you look buttoned up. Now, this can also be a learning exercise. It's another way that you can utilize evaluation, right? So let's say you start doing this and you realize you don't respond to people within 24 hours, that that's actually not feasible with the capacity you have. 
So maybe you need to change your policy that everybody gets responded to within 48 hours. Then that becomes the expectation. Now when people are going on your site, they see that 90% of people are responded to within 48 hours. Okay, cool. Now I'm gonna expect a response back within 48 hours and you change the expectation to meet your capacity and people, it's not that you failed, it's that you set a correct expectation for what you can offer. And now people think that you do a great job at support because you're not being late to respond to everyone. You're just responding to everybody within a new time frame because you learned that almost everybody was getting responded to after the 24 hour period, but before the 48. So it helps you learn, right? Maybe you send out emails to everybody saying, was our services useful and nobody responds back. So you can start thinking, okay, maybe our services weren't useful. How do we get that response rate up? Um, and it starts helping you learn. Maybe you need a form. Maybe you need to change the way you ask the question. Maybe instead of asking them six months later, you need to ask them two weeks later. So it just helps you start to learn what processes, what policies are useful, what are not useful, and how do we change things to be more effective and to set the expectation properly. So I don't want you to see this as much as a compliance tool of like, oh, it says we have to respond within 24 hours. And if we don't do that, that we're just not doing a good job. Maybe 24 hours isn't the right policy. You want to use this as a learning tool for your organization to see what works. And I promise you a whole bunch of revelations will come just from tracking the data, just from seeing your numbers so that you can get a good baseline. Then do you want to grow your support? Maybe you only got 25 support emails in a whole year. Do you want more people reaching out for you for support? Do you want to start advertising your support services? Maybe you don't want, maybe you only want 25, but maybe that's not a key indicator really of your success. So you're going to focus on measuring something else. Maybe you're going to shoot for a hundred people next year. So you really need to make sure people know that you are the place to go for support. And one way of doing that is demonstrating how impactful your support emails are. Okay. Full circle there, right? Okay. So just to recap, you are going to figure out what do you want to measure? So how much are you doing? How well are you doing it? And is anybody better off because of it? Figure out what those indicators are for your program. Okay. Then you need a process or procedure for each one of those indicators. How are you tracking? How much? How well? And is anybody better off? What's your process? Are you emailing people right after? Are you doing a survey? Are you putting it on a Google sheet? Okay. And then you want to check that process. Say you give it to a volunteer or a staff member to do, to add to this Google sheet, check in on that Google sheet often. Oh shoot. Right. There were six emails that just went through this weekend that never made it over to the sheet. This isn't supposed to be more work where you have to go back and add them all at one time. So you really want to just have it be part of your process. Every single time a support email comes through, this is just the evaluation process. You do, you want to set that up with all of your evaluation processes. Okay. And then do not just collect the data and then do nothing with it. Like, oh yeah, we collect that on some uh, Google sheet because some YouTuber Rebecca told us to do that. No, now go and develop your annual report out of it. Actually report your numbers, say how effective you're being, 
Set up a meeting with your board to review the numbers. Do they look good? Do they look bad? Do you need to change your expectations? Use it. Then use it in marketing. Make sure it goes on your website. Make sure that you're highlighting the impactfulness of your programs, okay? So use it. Now, don't forget to grab your free seat to the top three mistakes nonprofit startups make. Trust me, I make a lot of mistakes. I don't want you to make them. It's at katulo.com startup. And in the comments, tell me about your unique program because it's really hard for me to give you advice on the indicators you should have, the how much, how well, and is anybody better off without me understanding what your organization does or what your program is or what you're trying to achieve. So take a stab at it yourself, put it in the comments. And if you're like, Hey, Rebecca, this is the goal of our program, but I don't really know how much, how well, or is anybody better off? I'm not really sure those indicators are for us. I would love to help. So I will comment or reply back with what some possible indicators might be for your unique program. And then you can work on making the processes to actually collect that data. All right, guys, I hope that you start figuring out some indicators that you can track and just some processes to build in evaluation into your daily work routine so that at the end of the year or the end of the quarter, you can look back and say, holy smokes, look how much we're doing. Look how awesome we do it. And look at all the people that are better off because of it. All right, guys, until next time, talk to you later. Bye-bye.